Shannon. Welcome to the Hearts of Fire podcast. This week is Holy Week, and as we prepare for Easter Sunday, I'm happy to share that for today's episode, we will be taking a deep dive into Holy Week with one of my favorite guests, Sister Monica Paul Frazier. Before we get to our discussion, I'd like to remind you that whether you're watching this episode live or listening to it on a podcast, make sure to never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. We appreciate your support of the Hearts of Fire podcast. Now on to today's discussion with our guest, Sister Monica, who is our first ever sister to have joined the podcast three times. And in case you need a reminder, Sister Monica is the pastoral associate at Incarnation Church in Sarasota, Florida. Now I would like to welcome Sister Monica. Hi, Katie. Hi, thank you for joining us for the third time, our first ever three-time guest. I hope this doesn't mean the third time and I'm struck out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I I don't think so. You are, you know, I always enjoy our conversations um, and you bring such wisdom and a great insight. And, you know, let's dive right into it. What does Holy Week and the Easter season mean to you? I love Holy Week. I I love, uh, I think it's a time to enter more fully into the passion and the death and the resurrection of Jesus and from Palm Sunday to the Easter vigil. And then again on Easter Sunday morning, the church provides liturgies with very rich readings and prayers and homilies and music that help us enter more fully into the experience of Christ. And I think the liturgies help us understand why all this had to happen in the life of Christ and to help us see how this impacts us even in our own lives today, some 2000 years later. So I think it's just a a time that is so rich and, and it comes after six weeks of sacrifices of one kind or the other, which are the way we live. They're not really big sacrifices. They're little things. It's a, a time of trying to, get closer to Christ and, and to please God. Uh, so I, I just love Holy Week. Love it. As that's a great answer. And as do I, and, you know, sister Monica, when thinking about Holy Week, how often do you praise God for coming into your life? Every day. And many times during the day, uh, I have two prayers that I say constantly all day long. One is Jesus, mercy, Mary, help. Um, And I say that when the phone rings or when somebody walks in the door or whatever I'm starting to do. But the other prayer I say, starting from when I wake up and I haven't gotten out of bed yet, is thank you. I am so conscious uh, of God's blessings in my life constantly. And and I think I may have said before, I was born into a non-Catholic family. My mother had me baptized when I was a month old because she knew two Catholics who were nice and she wanted me to be nice. So I constantly thank and God. And you for are that. very nice. So it obviously well, worked. Thank you. But I <laughs> thank God for that. And then I thank him for getting me to religious life, to the Dominican order, having gone to public school. That was another example of God's blessing. And I just, um, I'm so aware of God's providence. I, I never use the word coincidence, uh, 
only providence because he constantly acts in our lives and it amazes me. And at least twice a day, I ask God, where do you find the time to do all this to make it all come together and work? Because I'm still amazed at my advanced age of over 39. So, uh, you don't look yeah. a day over 39. No, not a day, maybe a few years, but not a day. <laughs> So, Sister Monica, we're recording. We're recording this on Wednesday, and tomorrow is Holy Thursday. Uh, and for you, what does it mean to witness individuals washing one another's feet? Um, if you could just describe that a little bit, and then who are the people in your life whose feet you need to wash? And obviously, for our listeners who are not you know, familiar with Holy Thursday, there's a lot more into the washing of the feet than it sounds. So if you want to just go into that, those questions and tell our listeners about it. Yeah, I I think of it as an amazing act of love on the part of Christ. And when I see the priest doing that, of course, I have to reference that too, when Christ washed the feet of the apostles And when the priest is washing the feet, the people who are sitting there all have clean feet. They probably took an extra shower before they came to church or did something with their feet to make them really clean. But the apostles did not have clean feet. Their feet were dirty and sandy, uh, and they might not have smelled of Chanel number five either. So they were (laughs) not the best kind of feet. And I I think of that in relationship to ourselves, that uh, we stand before God like the apostles. We're not perfectly cleansed. Uh, We have a long way to go, most of us, before we're the kind of people we want to be for the love of God. And the apostles had a long way to go. But then I also am thinking of, even though Christ knew all that about the apostles and he knew them better than anything, he still washed their feet and he still loved them. And, and God does that with us. God never, ever stops loving us. Sometimes people pose the question, what is, what is the one thing God cannot do? Can he make a, a square circle? Well, obviously that's a contradiction. But there is one thing God cannot do. God cannot stop loving us. So when I see the feet of the congregation members being washed, It's a reminder to me of God's continual, unfailing love in spite of us and that we don't earn God's love, that God loves us. He just loves us. Why do you love me, God? I just do. And so for me, the washing of the feet is another time of God saying to us 2,000 years later, as you watch the, as you're looking at the priest washing the feet, I would like you to remember that I did this and I did this as a sign of love. And I think it's also a reminder that Christ had a servant posture when he was washing the feet and he wants us to have that same posture. So I'm not literally washing anybody's feet, to be honest, I'm not. But to answer that part of your question, I think it means for us, being of service to other people, whether it's people we work with or people we encounter in our ministry or people we encounter on the street, that in some way 
we need to be Christ present to them now so that if the only, if they never read a gospel ever, someone said that we need to be the gospel for people who never read the gospel. So Holy Thursday says that to me. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for that insight. And, you know, moving forward, what does Jesus passion, death and resurrection mean to you? That would probably take an hour, okay? So to try <laughs> to convince heavy, that, it's a heavy question. Yeah, I, I I think it's very heavy. I think it says most of all how much God loves us and how much God was willing to do. You know, when we look at Abraham willing to sacrifice Isaac as a foretelling of what would happen later on. God was willing to sacrifice his only son for us. He could have redeemed us in another way. He could have just said, let them be forgiven. And he had not sent Christ, but he sent him for a purpose. I believe he sent Christ to show us, first of all, the love of God. Christ was an icon into God. Just as we have icons on the computer, he was an icon showing us who the father is. And so I think, first of all, This whole week, this whole passion of Christ is a reminder of how much God loves us. And sometimes when babies are little, you say to them, do you love me this much or this much or this much? Mm. And and Christ says, I love you, spreading out my arms whole wide for you. I, I I don't hold anything back. The other thing that with the passion, uh, years ago, I read a, a book, Doctor at Calvary, by Dr. Pierre Barbet. It's a really old book. I don't even know if it's in print anymore. But as a medical doctor, he wrote on the physical sufferings of Christ mm-hmm. and how much pain he endured and, and the physical pain of the scourging, of the crowning with thorns, of the carrying of the cross, of the crucifixion, And he brought out the point of when Jesus was on the cross, he was really suffocating because he couldn't inhale and exhale properly. So it was not an easy death. It was was beyond our comprehension. I also remember reading uh, from another source, which I, I don't remember right now, but it was about the mental suffering of Christ and the mental suffering being that being God, Christ could look down at the time to come and he knew what the future held. He saw the Holocaust. He saw man's inhumanity to man. He saw the ways we fail in our lives. <clears throat> he saw the hurts that we inflict upon each other. And the author said, that may have been equal to or even greater than his physical pain, that it was just uh, so much pain. On the positive side, all that pain was redemptive. It, It got us back into a right relationship with God. It got us back into the possibility of one day being with God in eternity and living with him in heaven at some point because Christ poured forth water when he was, when the centurion stabbed him, the water from Christ's side 
gave us the waters of grace. The body and blood that Christ sacrificed gave us Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And had we not had these opportunities, <coughs> we, would, we would not have Eucharist. We would not have grace. That all came from the passion of Christ. The other thing about the passion that really uh, helps me in my own life, you know, St. Paul at one point says we make up in our bodies what is lacking in the suffering of Christ. And, and I don't think he meant that Christ's sufferings were lacking, that our part of it would fill up what is lacking. So I feel the, the passion of Christ helps us in our lives to endure pain. Uh, we all have pain of one kind or another at life. in life. We have physical pain, mental pain, emotional pain. It goes with being human and being on earth. We have it. But it helps me because I know my pain is, is a blessing. Uh, I, when I was first teaching, there was a, a woman. Her name was Pinky. And she had more illness than whatever, but she always had such a joyful spirit. And I said to her one time, how do you do it? I was visiting her in the hospital and they thought she was dying. Of course, she didn't. She went through another eight lives. And she said, she always said, sister, honey, sister, honey, I thank God for everything in my life. And when I have pain, I say, thank you for the pain. And I said, well, I could never do that. God would know I'm lying if I said thank you. And she said, if you say it often enough, you will mean it. So I find myself now that when I've had surgeries or illness or whatever, I can say, not that I looked for the pain, God knows I didn't, <laughs> but I can thank God for the blessing that comes with the pain. Because I think the other part of it is, I believe strongly in the church's teaching on the communion of saints. So while I pray to the saints every day, morning and night, I can pray for the souls in purgatory and we can offer our pain for them. We can offer our pain for people living. Uh, when I've had surgery or tests or whatever, I offer it for children because I think of children in similar circumstances. They're having all these tests and they're little and they might be frightened. So I can offer it for them. So everything becomes a blessing because of the passion. No matter what we have in our lives, no matter what we have. And then the best part of it is we know that Easter Sunday is coming. And, and I, I, I love in the 30th Psalm, at nightfall, weeping enters in, but with the dawn rejoicing. It's one of my favorite scriptures. And I think of that regularly. So that when things come, I know it's it's for a purpose. It can have merit for somebody and maybe for me, hopefully. And uh, it's not lost. It's not wasted. Nothing is ever wasted. Whatever it is. I, love is never lost. Love gets better and better. And then when we get to heaven, it's made perfect. Well, suffering is never lost either. So that's what the passion says to me, that nothing is in vain. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's, you know, definitely gives me a lot to think about. And I'm sure our listeners a lot to think about as well when reflecting on 
you know, the meaning of Jesus's passion, death, and resurrection. And Sister Monica, you know, the final question for today, this Easter season, how will you live out the joy of the gospel message? And how can you share this message with others? I love Easter. I love spring. Now we don't have spring in Florida. So my friend sent me some pictures of the crocuses. She lives in Connecticut, but I love spring. I love Easter. Flowers are blooming. The birds even sing happier than they were. And uh, in one of my morning readings last week, there was the sentence uh, that fear not appears in the scriptures 366 times. And the writer said one for every day of the year, including leap year. So God arranged for 366 times of fear not. Easter says to me, fear not. Easter says to me, fear not. I'm with you. I came to the earth to show you how much love I have for you. I came to the earth to save you. I came to the earth so that you could live a life with me while you're on this beautiful planet that I've created, that God has given us. Uh, Easter says, the apostles received me body and blood on Holy Thursday. You can come to me every day if you like. I'm willing to share my body and blood with you. Easter says, I'm willing to give you grace. You know, Meister Eckhart, whom I love, uh, says that we are creatures of God swimming together in an ocean of divine grace. And I love that. Now, I don't live near the ocean now, but I live near the Gulf, so I transpose it to the Gulf waters. But Easter says to me, I'm swimming in God's grace. That God never, ever says no. You know, that when we ask for help, and even sometimes when we don't ask for help, God still gives us the help and the graces that we need. So Easter says all that to me. And having said all that, there's no way not to be joyful. And there's no way not to look at the resurrection of Christ. And as, and he, as he tells us in John, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you also may be. And Easter said, reminds us of that and says, uh, I'm getting a place ready for you. That was the gospel this morning at one of the funerals I went to. Mm -hmm. And again, a reminder. And so Easter says all those things. So it's impossible not to be joyful. So when I meet people, uh, I hope I convey that. I, I try to. I hope I do. You definitely uh, do. When I go to the grocery store, I make sure I say thank you and have a blessed day or thank you and God loves you. On the phone, when people call me, I will tell them, God bless you, when I call to make an appointment with somebody. And it's interesting, the reaction, because sometimes they do a double take. They weren't expecting, God bless you, or I hope you have a blessed day. And most of the time, they look back, well, thank you. You too. <laughs> Instead of just, you're welcome. So, I, yeah, I think, I think the world could use a little bit more of your mindset and just being kind to each other and expressing, you know, your sentiments towards others. And, and the other thing is, I, I read a book this past year uh, by Max Lucado, who's one of my favorites, and it's Jesus, the God who knows your name. 
So uh, when people come in for counseling or whatever, I make sure I tell them that and how much God does love them. And I, I firmly believe that if we really knew, really knew how much God loves us, everything else in life would fall into place. Uh, one of the saints says, love God and do what you will. And I, I think that's true. We, we wouldn't have questions. We would still fail. I mean, otherwise we we go to confession, obviously. I had to go the other day because failed again. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a constant in our lives. We, we come up short. But I think if we can focus more on God's love even than on our shortcomings. And I, I think of Peter. When Peter wanted to walk on the water to Christ, the minute he looked down, he was in trouble. And he started sinking. But when his eyes were on the eyes of Christ, he was doing okay. So Easter says to me, you need to focus your eyes on Christ. You need to, you need to keep looking at me, acknowledge your shortcomings, your sins, your failings, which I do. But I still want you to be joyful. I don't know if somebody has counted the times that it says joyful. I'm not about to do it, but uh, maybe somebody has. But I think that's what Easter says. I, I think that's what God wants us to focus on, his love, his mercy. Uh, if God had a middle name, it would be mercy. Okay. Uh, and I think that's what God wants us to remember, that I am the God of love. My name is love. And my middle name is mercy. And don't forget it. Well, I think that's, you know, uh inspiring note to end on a high note to end on and you know just thank you on behalf of everybody listening uh to the hearts of fire podcast and you know myself just thank you for joining for us and just sharing your wisdom your insight and it's always such a pleasure to talk to you and i truly mean it when i said you're one of my favorite people to interview you and i i look forward to the next time you join us and i hope that you have a wonderful easter Katie, I wish you the same. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak today. God bless you now. All right. God bless you, Sister Monica. And before we go, I'd like to remind you that if you enjoyed today's discussion, please let us know by giving the Hearts of Fire podcast a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcast. We also hope that you'll join us next week for a special episode of the Hearts of Fire podcast, where we will preview the upcoming Hearts of Fire gala with our Director of Development, Karen Cassell. Thank you again for tuning into the Hearts of Fire podcast today. And please know that you are in the daily prayers of our sisters and associates. And also on behalf of the Sisters of St. Dominic of Blava, New York, we wish you and your loved ones a blessed Easter.